Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Opportunities for surrender. In this podcast, Eckhart begins with a few thoughts on meditation. He talks about the Chinese philosophy of Taoism. He says one of its key principles is Wu Wei, which he explains loosely translated means non-action or to sit quietly and do nothing. Eckhart follows up with a quote from French philosopher Pascal who said, all the troubles of humanity can be traced back to a person's inability to sit quietly in a room. Eckhart says we're so immersed in the outer world that we don't even think to look inward. He reveals it is our job to rescue our awareness from this hostage-like state of unconsciousness. Eckhart says to start by taking small steps in our daily lives and that all of life's crises, big and small, are meant to be opportunities for surrender. Is this what is called a meditation? Maybe it is. Natural meditation. Sitting quietly. There's an ancient Chinese saying from Taoism. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Something like Wu Wei, which is translated as sitting quietly, doing nothing. One of the highest virtues in Taoism, sitting quietly, doing nothing. But it has deeper implications. It means rooted in being and aware while you sit quietly, doing nothing. Rooted in being, the Tao, and being aware. There was a French philosopher, perhaps it was Pascal or somebody like that, a few hundred years ago, and he said more or less, all the troubles of humanity can be traced back to a person's inability to sit quietly in a room. (laughs) So as you go back, into your regular daily life. Hopefully the retreat does not come to an end, but remains with you and within you. The essence of the retreat is not the physical location, but a state of consciousness, transcendent state of consciousness, 
Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Your task is to live, one could say, in both worlds or both dimensions at the same time. Occasionally you may lose yourself in the worldly, horizontal dimension, the doing realm, the thinking realm. And usually when that happens you will notice dysfunctional, unpleasant inner states arising very quickly, anxiety, fear, anger, irritation, resentment, trouble. And if you're in that state and then are disconnected again from the transcendent, the being dimension, the other dimension, that's the unconscious state, and if there is no trouble, you will create it. That's what humans do, troublemakers. <laughs> Both on an individual level and collectively. If you want to learn about troublemaking collectively and watch the news as much as possible, have the main focus of your attention in your daily life in the present moment. The rest of your attention, so that's the main focus, here's this. The rest of your attention is where you want to go to. Your, whatever task you're engaged in has a certain purpose. The purpose is you want to finish the task, then it has achieved its purpose, and that's here. And that's in the in your peripheral, the peripheral vision of your consciousness. That's where you want to get to. And this is what you're doing in order to get there. And your main attention is not where you want to get, and in the meantime you're just doing it in order to get there. You can see how that already creates an inner stress. I'm here, but I want to be there. That's a normal way of living is this, the main part of people's attention is there, but in the meantime they are here, where they don't really want to be. They'd rather be there, as shown in famous stickers, on bumper stickers on cars, which say something like, I'd rather be fishing. When I visited Ram Das, the spiritual teacher who has now passed away, he lived on Maui. On his car I saw a bumper sticker which said, I'd rather be here now. 
That's a good teaching on a bumper sticker. <laughs> and this is a reversal almost of how humans normally, usually live. It's the opposite. That it's in itself already a shift in consciousness. And then, of course, you're also aware of the past, the certain things that may have relevance in the present. That's fine. So peripherally, past and future. Usually future is the more important because you're moving towards that. And here's the central vision of present moment. In the present moment, you're either actively doing something or you are more passively perceiving something. You're there as a, an observer or you're just there, not actively doing, but simply perceiving that could be when you travel back from here already, you might be sitting in a car. If you're driving, you're doing something. There it's particularly important to be present. <laughs> or you might be sitting on a plane and there's a good opportunity for be, being the, you go into the witnessing mode there's nothing particular to do unless you get out your laptop and start doing. That's fine. And sometimes situations arise that are problematic. That's quite normal in life. They are challenging rather than problematic. And then you, you face the challenge. You look at it, so to speak, not necessarily visually, you give it attention, that this is a challenge. Instead of unconscious reactivity, the challenge is your flight is cancelled. Oh. It's not one of the greatest challenges a human can have. <laughs> but some people react as if it were. And when any challenge arises, is there anything I can do to, to respond to this situation? Or is that something where I simply have to say, well, for the time being, I accept the way it is, because right now there's nothing I can do. I heard, for example, in, at some airports, they're so busy, uh, no, not sufficiently staffed people, when the plane lands, they're still trapped on the plane for two or three hours. It has happened in Toronto and other places. <laughs> That's a good opportunity for surrender. <laughs> Some people can't do that. They start screaming and shouting. Does no particular purpose, but they can't help it. It happens to them. So always the question was, is this an opportunity for surrender or is action called for? Uh, that is some, a practice to, to get used to until it becomes second nature to have the, your attention in the present moment rather than elsewhere. And it usually implies you are aware of your surroundings that's 
inseparable from being in the present through your senses a more alert human being than a normal human being but an alertness in which there is no tension often alertness in a human is associated with, with being tense but there's an alertness without tension but it's not enough to be just aware of your sense perceptions, that's a good thing. It also can help you to avoid dangerous situations that otherwise you just stumble into and you don't know how you got there. You're more alert of your surroundings. You see how animals in that sense are very alert because if they are not, they get eaten by other animals. So many animals have this incredible and alertness, not the same as the human alertness, but it is an alert awareness of their surroundings that many humans don't have. They walk in the street and they're not really there in their, in their mind thinking about all kinds of things except where they are, and so they're not here. Whereas the the bird on a, sitting on a branch or the deer that's stepping out of the forest and there's a field and the deer stops for a moment and, and the ears, they're very huge ears, they go. <laughs> and it can hear probably a hundred times better than a human. <laughs> or a bird on a branch sitting, it goes like this. <laughs> and then suddenly it goes <laughs> And of course, there's no decision-making involved when a bird suddenly flies off. It did not think, I'm now going to fly off this branch and I'm going to go over there. It just happens. There's a flow to life. There's no mind. There is a consciousness there, but there's no, no conceptualization at all. But when an animal rests, an animal also rests completely. It is completely at rest. Not thinking about my life. <laughs> I have to figure something out. <clears throat> What's the purpose of it all? This is why it can be very healing to live with an animal. Yes, it can be quite a bit of work too, but it can be very healing to live with an animal and, uh, and to have an animal presence in the house. Dog, cat, usually. This unproblematic existence except when the dog or cat are neurotic, which can happen, but there are reasons for that. 
usually connected to their early life, just like like human childhood. When things go wrong in childhood, it leaves traces. But usually, dogs and cats in normal state is um, unless they are hungry or want to go for a walk. They can be really rooted in being and joyful. The cat purrs, the dog's tail wags, and it's a joy just to see it. No problem with, no psychological problems, unless it's spent too much time with neurotic humans. It's a conscious practice. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. So an animal can bring you into the present moment just to look at an animal it's in the present moment. Uh, an animal that is, lives with humans may not be quite as alert as an animal out in the wild uh, because it knows that the environment is relatively protected. Nevertheless, dogs are quite alert and cats too. So you become, again, the center of your attention always bring back into the present because, first of all, because it's all there ever is. Well, that's a good reason. Because it's life itself. Your life situation, yes, it exists in time. There's a past and a future as far as your life situation is concerned, but it's not your life. I wrote about that a long time ago. But it's so important. People confuse their life situation with something more fundamental, more real, more immediate, deeper, which is called life. Life situation is circumstances and events in your life. And most of your life situation is experienced in your mind. And then Life situation is relationships, work situation, financial situation, living situation, all kinds of problema often problematic situations. It's very rare that all of these situations are working smoothly and perfectly. Relationships, family, professional work, financial, living situation, health situation, all working in harmony and perfectly. It can happen for short periods, but usually something somewhere goes wrong. It has to periodically, frequently. 
that's normal and that's good. But your, so your life situation always has a, this element of uncertainty, instability too, although you might not recognize that when you look at seemingly solid things. And your life is your experience of this moment, the only thing there ever is. And if you neglect that, you miss the whole thing. And then you reach a retirement age or old age and you say, was, was that it? And you, perhaps you spend your whole life trying to arrive at some point. And the points change that you want to arrive at, but you always want to arrive at some other point. So when your attention is in the present, yes, you're more alert, which is helpful. You notice things that before you didn't notice, people, objects, all kinds of things around you, natural things, and it's quite, everything is a manifestation of life all around you. And the deeper, the deeper aspect of being present is, is not just being aware of your surroundings, although that's fine. You're aware of yourself as the aware presence. And that's, that is the secret, that is the key, that is not something that one can easily explain. You can only experience it, what it means to be aware of yourself, not as an ego self, like having a relationship with a, with a conceptual, conceptual identity, that's me, I don't like me, or I love me, I'm in love with me. <laughs> that's happened to Narcissus, and things after that didn't go well for him. Although you hear that quite often in, uh, in uh, certain people, they, they love, I love, I love me. Well, it's a little strange. <laughs> who are you and who or what is a me? Oh, I hadn't thought about that. I love myself. I hate myself. Oh, that's worse even, that's the, that's not uncommon either. I'm not happy with myself. But who is that I that constantly says these things? Who is that I that has a relationship with ultimately an imagined entity, uh, mind-made, uh, conceptual entity? And this happened to me one night as I talked brief, about briefly in The Power of Now, when my mind said, I can't live with myself anymore because the, I was unhappy and I couldn't stand the unhappiness anymore. So I, couldn't, I can't live with myself anymore. And this sentence, suddenly I looked at it and I realized it was a very strange statement. 
I cannot live with myself. I, at that point I realized that there must be two of me here. I and the self that I cannot live with. That's an incredible, that was an incredible realization. There's two of me. There's the unhappy me that I cannot live with. <laughs> who am I and who is that unhappy me? This is a, almost like a koan, like a Zen riddle that you can't, hard to answer or impossible to answer conceptually, but I, I actually can answer it conceptually. I couldn't at the time, it took years before I realized what all, all this meant. And that moment, the consciousness that I am that was trapped in the movement of thought and continuously absorbed by the movement of thought, this movement of thought created the entity to the person, the unhappy person, the entity, the unhappy entity, but the mind-made entity. And it was so active that it, it absorbed all of my consciousness, was always trapped in the movement of self-identified thoughts. So it was trapped in there, and when the, this strange statement arose in my mind, and I looked at it, and looking at these statements, a sudden separation happened between the consciousness that was trapped in the movement of thought, who suddenly was able to release itself, to extricate itself from the being held, held in the movement of thought, and stood back, and there, was I, as the consciousness, looking at the unhappy thought movement. <laughs> so it was a separation. Consciousness was withdrawing from the, the dimension of thinking. It, and then, very quickly, thinking subsided. It was no longer fueled Without the consciousness, there can be no thinking because thinking is not possible without consciousness. But a thought is consciousness that has, that has taken form. Whereas the realization of I as consciousness is consciousness that is prior to form or unconditioned. So I became aware of myself as consciousness, as the I, and the thought then began to dissolve. Without consciousness, it's nothing. <coughs> Thought is consciousness that has taken form, and it dissolved, and then I was kind of, felt like a falling into some hole, but it wasn't fear, not fearful. The next morning I woke up, and I was at peace, like a new, a new person or no person, I was just contemplating things around me and everything was lovely. And I didn't know why I was at peace. And then I went around the city, on the buses, on bus, still at peace, the hustle and bustle of London where I was living. I was at peace. Why was at peace? I couldn't understand it. This, of course, now the peace that passes all understanding. Of course, that's 
Several years it took me to understand why that's very weird. I did not realize that I was at peace for one reason, and the reason was that I wasn't thinking that much anymore. <laughs> Especially there's no, the whole movement of thought that is imbued with a sense of self, self-referential thought wasn't happening anymore. Occasional thoughts, yes. But a lot of the time there was just awareness, but I didn't have a word for it, I just called it peace. And so what happened then was the consciousness had withdrawn from, until then it had been imprisoned in the movement of thought and continuously absorbed by thought. And then it st stepped out. And that is, later I realized that. One realization came to me first when I talked to a Zen monk. I happened to see a Zen monk and he we talked a bit about spirituality and Zen, and he said quite simply, Zen is really quite simple, it's you stop thinking. I had expected a, a more complicated answer, but, <laughs> but then I realized that's actually happened to me. I stopped thinking, especially overthinking. I could still think, and some thinking of course still happened, but there were long stretches but there was just a very peaceful awareness. And then what was building up was, out of that awareness came a d deep joy. And that was very strange. It, um, it, sometimes the joy was so intense that it was incredible. And I was just sat there forever on a bench in the park for long periods. Uh, that really is what's called bliss. And it's just, oh. Um, that intensity of bliss that I had for, for two or three years, or the, I don't seem to have anymore. I have peace. But the intensity of bliss, now I don't know what, it could be that when you get used to something, it doesn't stand out that much anymore, and it becomes quite normal and perhaps I experienced is at bliss because I, there was still the contrast. I remember my previous state of consciousness, and then I was that one, who knows. But this is the main teaching then, all spiritual teachers come down to this. Consciousness has to be rescued <laughs> from where it's been. It, consciousness has been kidnapped by thought, and this is, your task is to free consciousness from where it's been trapped. In involuntary, compulsive thinking, that's always thinking that is imbued, the identify with, imbued, so every thought is imbued with a sense of self. So that's the spiritual practice, is that the stepping out of the movement of thought so that I is no longer confused with the movement of thought. That would be the super, the surface I. So the cessation of thought and when you practice present moment awareness, 
and make that the main, the central focus of your life. Whether you are active or passive in that moment, it doesn't matter. If you are active, you give your attention to the doing. You, you honor it. You give it attention so that it doesn't become stressful. That sounds almost impossible, I know, to many people. If you give your fullest attention to the doing, it's not really stressful unless your mind projects itself to some future point. Or your mind, um, while you're doing something, th thinks of several other things that you really should be doing also at the same time. Of course, you can't. You can only do one thing at a time. Another definition of Zen that a master gave is, Zen is doing one thing at a time. <laughs> That's too simple, isn't it? Too simple. To, so you give, if it's doing, you give your attention to it. Then if inspiration is helpful in that particular activity, it will flow into what you do because you're connected with the unconditioned consciousness, the presence. With some doings, you don't need any inspiration. You just need to get it done. You do the dishes or whatever it is. You don't need particular inspiration. Or the while you do it in a place of giving it your attention, honor it, rather than do something, but would rather not be doing it, but I'm doing it anyway. That's how many people live all the time. If you have a work situation where you work for uh, your daily work, you need to decide, is it possible to honor the work that I'm doing even if it's something simple and I, uh, may not be what I ultimately want to be doing, but right now, uh, I need to honor the present moment. Whatever it is, in whatever form it arises, it's my responsibility is to honor life by honoring the present moment. And if your work situation is so dysfunctional that the environment in which you work, for example, or the kind of work that is demanded of you, maybe what is perhaps conventionally called soul-destroying, so that this is not a work that you could do and honor it because it's just very unpleasant. If it's that kind of thing, then you need to remove yourself from that situation. Even though you may be stepping into uncertainty, you, you cannot remain in a toxic situation like that, where the honoring of what you do, do seems impossible, because, for example, you might be surrounded by people who are in very negative states. There are many situations like that. But in other situations, you may be able to say, okay, this is not the ultimate thing that I want to be doing, but for right now, this is what I'm doing, and I'm able to honor what I'm, and I do it carefully and consciously. So only you can know whether you're able to do that or whether you need to remove yourself from that situation in order to seek something else that is more compatible, that is compatible with presence. Many, many things are compatible with presence and quite a few other things are not. I'm Oprah Winfrey and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast.
You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. At Delta, we know Mike and HC prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.